You know, one of the one of the most difficult things I feel like I have to do is like when do you hop in and start praying when all of you are praying? It's like because I love it. I actually I absolutely love it just to hear these these prayers going up, and I'm like, okay, is it quiet it down? Do I hop in and pray now? Do I you know let it continue? And I'm like, I was listening to just the prayers that were being prayed. It's just absolutely beautiful. And um, don't ever underestimate, I'm never going to underestimate that time as we just come together and we agree in prayer and go before our Father who hears every one of our, our prayers and, and answers. You know, sometimes He answers in ways that we don't, uh, don't understand. We're like, okay, we wish there was a different answer, but He does hear, He does answer. And we have a Father who, who wants to hear the cries of His kids. Back in uh, December, December 6th was our, our first gathering. We, we gathered over at uh, Compassionate Heart. And uh, it, beautiful, beautiful time just to um, get in the Word together, uh, to worship together, uh, really with a heart, um, just to be connected to Christ and connected to one another. Um, and really grow in our love for, for the Lord, but also um, just truly be a church, truly be a body that gets to know one another. And uh, I have loved over the last nine months uh, just seeing the connections that take place. The connections that take place uh, before the service, the connections that take place after the service, all of the conversations, I truly believe this, like are, are, are God-ordained conversations. God is putting people together and connecting people together. And I remember a couple months in, uh, I saw that two people um, just started, they connected, they didn't know each other before coming to Restoration Church, and they connected, and now they run and pray together every week. And they become like friends. And I'm like, that is the beauty of the church. Because the church isn't about a gym or about a building. It's a, it's a community of people. People who are called out from the world. Called to live their lives fully devoted to Jesus. One of the things that has always been important to me. Important to I know uh, many of you here. Is our times of worship. Because I believe that worship. Singing worship. Singing with our lives. Because worship is also our lives. Every moment that we live. We can live in worship. But there is worship through singing. And uh, it's powerful, powerful stuff happens when we worship through singing. And uh, in the Old Testament, you see that uh, the, the Israelites, when they went out, the, the worshipers went out before the army. In the New Testament, you see that as the apostles and, and people were singing, chains were broken and things were happening. And I truly believe that as we worship, things happen. Uh, hearts get softened, chains get broken, lives get freed up. There's power in worship. And plus, we're going to be doing it for eternity, worshiping our King Jesus forever and ever and ever. And I just love to, to engage in that. And so worship has always been uh, very important to me, very important to us. And I have been praying, and a team of people have been praying, uh, looking for someone and just saying, all right, Lord, lead us. Who is a person that can come along and join this team, join our family, and um, lead in worship and also connect with other people and continue to make disciples? And um, we're having some exciting news, and so this is the big moment. This is, you know, more than 10 minutes. Uh, we want to share that uh, there's someone who will be joining our family here at Restoration Church and uh, be leading worship. And you know what? I asked him to, uh, I'll introduce him afterwards, but I asked him to share a video with us. And so he's going to share um, a video, so go ahead and check out the screen. Hey, Restoration. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Tyler, if you haven't met before. Um, and I just wanted to share how excited I am to be joining the leadership of Restoration and to be partnering with you in your journey. Um, I'm just so excited to, for, just for the opportunity to be a part of your family. Um, 
it's been it's been so crazy because I've been at Restoration a couple times, a couple week worship. Um, maybe you were there on those particular Sundays, and um, I was just so blown away um, already by the family that you guys are, um, the way that you love each other and worship and pray for one another. It was so evident from like the moment I stepped in um, that this was like a unique space and honestly something that I've been looking for in West Michigan um, since I've been here for five years. Um, and when I was there, you know, I didn't know that this would be the journey that I'd be going on. Um, but I can kind of look back and just see the ways that God has just been kind of planning and, and partnering with, with me and with Dave and with Restoration um, in so many ways um, for, this, for this to take place. And um, I'm just really excited to be a part of it. And um, I'm someone who I just have a huge heart and a desire to see us grow deeper in our relationship with God through worship specifically. Um, but even more than that, um, just through the church and through um, reaching the lost and through loving people and loving each other. Um, I've just seen that in this area, this revival start to kind of bubble. I've seen it in like our youth over the last couple of years. And I've seen it like in, in, in bodies like Restoration where um, there's just a, a desire to do something different um, and to do something maybe more real um, and to see what God is really up to um, in this world and to part with the spirit to do that. Um, and so I'm just so excited to be able to partner with you guys to do that, uh, to worship with you, to go deeper in our, um, our relationship with God and just engaging with his presence. And like, um, I've just seen that happen already and I'm excited to just kind of build that with you and for us all just to go deeper together. Um, so I just couldn't be more excited. I know I've said that word a lot, but it's the truth. Um, and I just want to let you guys know. It's uh, probably going to be in November that I'm officially going to be uh, with you and I'm getting to know all of you, um, but I would love to reach out and start connecting with anybody. Um, I just love people and, and getting to know everybody. So even though it's going to be a couple months maybe until I can really be there in person, um, I would love to already start building relationships with you. So um, ask Dave for the phone number, whatever, um, or go out to coffee. I love getting coffee. So um, I just wanted to share, and um, if you guys haven't met me, I just wanted you to see my face, and I'm um, looking forward to, to serving with you all. So that's Tyler. He's going to be coming on uh, uh, board uh, in November. And uh, the, yeah, the people I blame uh, for this whole thing uh, is all of you. Because he came a couple of times, and he's like, oh, I just felt such a connection to this body, and uh, the Lord was stirring in him, and he te- sent me a text, he's like, I gotta talk to you, I just got these, these things that, are, that I'm thinking of, and, and then uh, we had a conversation, and then he had other conversations, and, and things were confirmed, and he's like, it just seems like this is what the Lord's doing, and it just, um, it's not coincidence that I'm having this conversation and that conversation, and uh, the leadership team um, met him and talked with him, and it's like, yeah, it just seems right to us and to the Holy Spirit to go in this direction. And so we're going to take a step and, and see what happens. And so I guess my days of leading worship and teaching at the same time or teaching are, I guess, coming to a close. Praise the Lord. Um, no, I, I love it. Um, but uh, Tyler is um, uh, just a, 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 an amazing guy who just has a heart that's uh, just for the Lord and just wants to uh, lead us in worship and, and is a worshiper. And so um, the, before I go any further, though, I just do... Um, he comes from Providence uh, CRC. Uh, that's where he has been for the last couple of years, five years. And so grateful to that body for investing in him and equipping him and growing him. And I want us to be very thankful to them because they are taking the approach. And this is absolutely beautiful. And saying, you know what? We're sending them out. We're sending them to a, a, a community of people that is a little younger 
uh, it's been only going for nine months, and we're going to bless them in this way. And so we are grateful to uh, Providence CRC and, and our brothers and sisters over there for doing that. Um, absolutely blown away. So they've been just so gracious and kind and saying, yep, you know what, we're open-handed with this. And I want us to be a people who are open-handed as well, because our job is to equip and train people up and then release them and uh, see where the Lord takes them. And that's how we want to live. And so right now we're on the receiving end of it, and praise the Lord for that. There will be a time when we're going to send people out, and uh, we'll be on the giving end. And praise the Lord for that. That's how we want to live. It's all about the kingdom. It's not about Restoration Church. It's not about Providence C. It's not about first or anything. It's about the kingdom of God growing, and that's what we want it to be about. Um, I do want to talk uh, this morning about prayer. And we, we've, uh, as a leadership team, wanted to grow as a people of prayer. And, and as I reflect on where Tyler has been in that whole journey, is I want us to be a people who are, are led by the Lord. Um, I remember years ago, and I had this image this week. Uh, years ago, my family, we grew up in Southern California, and we would go to Disneyland often. Uh, we had like season passes, we'd go to Disneyland like 11, 12 times a, a year, and just a ton. And we'd go there and hang out. Um, my, during my senior year, during graduation, I had to get dressed up in a suit, and we had our graduation night uh, at Disneyland, and we rode the rides in like suits. I think it's the only time, one of the only times I actually wore a suit. Um, but we went to Disneyland and, and had a lot of fun. Um, but I remember one year seeing something change, seeing something shift. All of a sudden, my parents were walking around, and uh, instead of just their kids running around, they had these, maybe you used one of them, but they had these like leashes attached to them. They had these things like where they were attached to their wrist and these like bungee cord type of things and these kids were running everywhere and the, the parents had them kind of on a leash. And uh, I always found that to be interesting. But the thing that I found interesting about these, these parents walking around with their kids and they're kind of attached to them and, and the motivation was good. They didn't want to lose their kids. Um, but what I found interesting was often it wasn't the parents that were leading the kids. It was actually the kids that were leading the parents. Because they would be running off in this direction and the parents were like, you know, they're, they're following them. And I thought about this week, that this week. And as a follower of Jesus, as one who has an amazing Father in Heaven, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live that way where I'm just running here, there, and everywhere and saying, okay, God, why don't you bless me doing this? Why don't you bless this thing that I'm doing? Or, hey, I'm over here, why don't you work in this way? I want it to be the other way around. I want us to be, I want to live my life being led by the Lord, going to Him with every decision, going to Him with every aspect of our lives, and saying, God, lead us. God, you're a good Father. You lead us. You guide us. I want us to be led by the Lord in everything that we do. And I want you to turn to Acts chapter 10. And we've been going through the book of Acts, and we made it to chapter 10. And we're going to be introduced this morning to two individuals. Two individuals who I believe live this way. Acts 10. We're going to first be introduced to a man named Cornelius. Acts 10 verse 1 says this. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, Who's a devout man who feared God with all of his households, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision that an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? 
And he said, you know, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send them to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related, related everything to him, he sent them to Joppa. So here's this guy, Cornelius. He lives in, in Caesarea, a little town by the Mediterranean Sea, kind of right on the, on the water. Kind of like Holland, kind of like Zealand, you know, with us being by the water. Here was Cornelius, a man who um, lived in a town that was a military town. It was under, Israel at the time was under uh, Roman control. And there were a lot of Roman officers in Caesarea. And here, Cornelius was kind of a commander of the army. He was a commander, he was a centurion, which meant he would have been over about 100 to 1,000 men. He was a, a leader. And he had, we, we still see later, he had a family. He was well-respected in the community. But we get this little peek into his life. Scripture says that he was a devout man, deeply religious, deeply committed, but also one who feared the Lord. He was a God-fearer. He believed that there was only one God. He didn't believe in a, a multitude of gods. He believed that there was only one God. And probably he followed the Jewish customs without converting it to Judaism. He would follow some of the things that they would do, but he didn't go through the whole conversion process. But the thing that we see here is that he prayed continually to God. Here was Cornelius, a man who was well-respected, a leader, who we see was guided by this inner life, an inner life that was characterized by prayer. And I can imagine like Cornelius thinking, okay, I'm not Jewish, I haven't fully converted, here I pray continually, here I say these things to the Lord, does the Lord hear me? Does he hear these prayers? And I think it's powerful, one day he's praying at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, all of a sudden an angel appears to him, and he says, you know what, your prayers have been heard. And I like underline that verse in my, in my Bible, as a constant reminder that as we pray, it's not just words that are floating, floating up to the sky. It's not just a, a, a ritual that we engage in. No, when we pray, when we say things to our Father in heaven, He actually hears. We have a God who hears. All throughout Scripture, Exodus 2, it says the Israelites cried out to God. And it said He heard their cry. He knew what they were going through. So here we have Cornelius, one who is not Jewish, one who is considered a Gentile, praying continually, a leader who was led in his private life. And then the angel says, I want you to send men to Joppa. And without knowing all the details, he does it. Let's continue to read because now we're going to see what was happening in Peter's life. It says the next day, as they were on their journey, these men who were sent by Cornelius, and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air, and there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is uncommon or, or, common or unclean. 
And the voice came to him again a second time. It says, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. So here's Peter. And we know Peter is this fiery follower of Jesus. One who is bold, one who is, is quick to step out in faith, but one who also denied knowing Jesus. Shrink back in, in fear when he was confronted and said, do you know the Lord? Denied Jesus. The one who even, Jesus said, hey, I want you to pray with me in the garden. And Peter fell asleep while Jesus was praying. But now we see a little bit later, Peter is a leader in the church, leader in the early church, and at noon one day he's praying. And I find this so comical. He's hungry, it says, and he's praying. And it says he's hungry and he sees this vision of food. And I just think that's comical. God's like, okay, you're hungry and I'm gonna give you a vision of food. And Peter's like, I see this food, I'm hungry and I can't eat it because I'm Jewish. And then the voice of the Lord says, you know what? Don't call things that, are, uh, that I've made clean, unclean. And in the midst of this vision, in the midst of, of Peter praying, God gives him a direction. God gives him direction through this vision. And even as he is like, okay, what is this going on? What is, what is actually taking place? As he's pondering this, scripture will say that, you know what? That, that these men come from Cornelius' house to Joppa. And as they arrive, the Holy Spirit will then, it speaks to Peter's heart and says, I want you to go with them. Peter had this regular rhythm of prayer. Peter, follower of Jesus, Peter, leader in the church, goes up on the rooftop to pray at noon. A regular rhythm of going before the Lord, going before God and saying, you know what, here I am, lead me. And we see that out of prayer, the Lord gives him direction, which often happens as we pray. As we pray, the Lord will give us direction. The Lord will lead us. And what's interesting is Cornelius did not know what was happening in Peter's life. And Peter didn't really know what was happening in Cornelius' life. And behind the scenes, God was orchestrating something absolutely amazing. Let's fast forward to verse 28. Peter went to Cornelius' house. And upon coming to Cornelius' house, he said to them in verse 28, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone or another nation, of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was set, set for, I came without objection. I asked them, why do you send me, send for me? And Cornelius said, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house. At the ninth hour, and in my house, and, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. And your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have commanded by the Lord. So then Peter and Cornelius, they see this picture. They see this, like how God was working in the background. Bringing Peter and Cornelius together, being Peter there to share the gospel, bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And the thing that stood out to me this week is here are two men. Here are two men, Cornelius and Peter, leaders in their respective ways, who took time on a regular basis to pray. And I thought, like, how often do we put ourselves in that position? How often do we put ourselves in that place to hear from the Lord? Cornelius and Peter did it regularly. 
Do we do it regularly? Do we regularly go before the Lord and say, you know what? I need to hear from you. I'm desperate to hear from you. Are we putting ourselves in that position to hear from the Lord? And this was actually something that Jesus expected of us as followers of Jesus, as followers of this. Let's turn to Matthew 6. Jesus expected that we would pray. Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking in verse 5. And he said this, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. And I think it's interesting. Jesus says, not if you pray, not or you might pray. No, when you pray. There was this expectation that Jesus had of us that, that we would pray, that we would follow his example. That we would do what he taught us to do. Because Jesus would go off often and pray. And he says this, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they, shall, they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. In this teaching, Jesus is painting such an amazing picture of how our relationship with God should work. That we are to go to him regularly in prayer. That we are to have this private life. This life where we're pouring out our hearts before our God in heaven. Before our Father. A life that isn't seen uh, in front of people. A life that very few know about. Having this secret life where we are going into our prayer closets, where we're spending time with ourselves. And that we are pouring out our hearts before our Father. And God invites us, according to Jesus' teaching, invites us to be very real in our conversation. He says, don't go on heaping empty phrases. Don't just go on keep talking, like making up meaningless things. Be real, be honest with your Father in heaven. Do we live this way? Do we live as people who are walking in dependence on the Lord? Do we live this way in this intimacy with the Father where it's like, I want to be led by you, I want to be guided with you, that I'm going before you and I'm pouring out my heart to you. I'm desperate for you. Jesus said that his followers would pray when you pray. And like I said, this was seen all the way throughout Jesus' life. Jesus did this regularly. And in fact, when he would make big decisions, big moments in Jesus' life, he often would spend the entire night praying before his disciples were chosen. He spent the entire night praying. Before being crucified, he spent the entire night praying. And as I read scripture, I don't see where Jesus was freaked out or worried or living anxiously. No, because he's walking in obedience with the Father. And he says, I'm only doing what I see my Father do, what my Father tells me to do. Jesus lived the way that he talked. A little bit later, in Matthew 6, and I believe this is the posture that we are to have, Jesus says this in verse 25, and this is why we need to pray. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious. You're like, okay, great, Jesus, thanks. Don't be anxious. Thanks for those words. He says, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? 
And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the other, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore don't be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But here's how we're to live. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus says, here's how I want you to live. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will take care of itself. Do we really believe that? I mean, this picture of seeking is one of like seeking diligently, looking for something like so diligently, something that you've lost. Maybe you've lost your keys and you have to go to the store and you're like, where are my keys? You rip apart the house looking for your keys. You're seeking your keys. Where are they? Where are they? That's the type of attitude. That's the type of life that we're supposed to live when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to prayer. We're supposed to be people who are seeking the kingdom of God, seeking his righteousness above everything else. But how often in our lives do we get this backwards? Do we, do we like, spin this upside down? When we start worrying about the cares and concerns of this life, we worry about what we'll wear, we worry about what we're gonna eat, we worry about things in our life. And then we're like, oh yeah, let me pray about it a little bit. What would happen if we actually lived a Matthew 6, 33 life? And every day, in every moment, woke up and saying, God, I am seeking your kingdom first. I'm seeking your righteousness. As I walk into Meyer, you know what? I'm seeking you, God. As I go and meet with this friend, I am seeking you. I am seeking you. You and I are going to be led by someone or something in our life. And I think we have to wrestle with this. Who is leading us? Who is leading us in our life? What is leading us in our life? I think there's the classic question of how do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? What occupies your mind and your thoughts? What makes you anxious? Usually those are the things that are leading us in our life. Usually there's things maybe with family or friends and you're like really focused on that and you're like so torn up about some things that are going on and I would say like, are you being led by family and friends in those relationships? The anxiety that they're causing. I mean, I think of the, the situation in the world that we live and there's so many different thoughts about that and so many of us are looking at maybe the news and different things online and we're, we're freaking out about this or that. And what would happen? What would happen if we lived the Matthew 6.33 lifestyle in regards to that? And just said, God, this is what's going on. We trust, we know that you know we're gonna seek you, God, in your kingdom and your righteousness and not get caught up in everything. You look at Cornelius and Peter. Two guys, two leaders, two guys who had responsibility, but took time out of their life every day and prayed. And I think of King David and the way that he lived. Often he would say, Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing I ask, one thing I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, this is so important. Prayer, having this conversation with our Father is so important. It's not just an aspect of Christianity. It's not just a side thing that we do. It's the very heart of Christianity. 
It's the reason that Jesus died. That we can be reconciled to the Father, that we can have a conversation. And often I think we look at this book and we read scripture and we're like, Moses talked to God face to face like a friend. Oh, I want to do that. Or we think of Elijah who, who prayed and God sent down rain from heaven and caused it down. We're like, wow, I wish I had a relationship with God like that. But the New Testament is clear and scripture says, James 5, 17, says Elijah was a man just like you and I. And he prayed. Like, this is at the heart of Christianity. That we can boldly, through the blood of Jesus, walk into the throne room and pour out our hearts before God. Are we taking advantage of that? We have been reconciled into a relationship with the God of the universe. Are we coming before our Father and just saying, here's what we have going on in our lives. Help. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. We all have different things. We all have different things that occupy our minds. And this morning, I want to challenge us. Every day this week, Matthew 6, 33. Wake up and say, you know what? I'm seeking first your kingdom, God. I'm seeking your righteousness. And every move that has ever taken place in history, or all throughout scripture, has started when followers of Jesus, followers of God, take that approach. When life is chaotic, when the world is upside down, they're grieved over the situation. And they pray and they fast and they cry out to the Lord. Nehemiah, in the Old Testament, when he sent spies back and sent people back and they looked at what was happening in Israel, and they brought back this report. They said the temple was ruined, the walls were ruined. What was his first response? He said he wept bitterly, it grieved him deeply. And then it said, and then he prayed and he fasted. And the Lord sent direction after that. We have to be people of faith, of prayer, knowing that the battle doesn't belong to us. The battle belongs to the Lord. That it's the Lord who brings the victory. And all we are to do is to pour out our hearts before Him. And so I want to take some time this morning. I'm going to lead into a song, the song, Lord, I Need You. And I want you to stay seated, because here's what I want. Each of you have things that are going on in your life. And they're all different. Things that you need to bring before the Lord. And I want us just to spend some time in prayer. You spend some time in prayer. Going before your Father and just saying, Father, you're holy. You're worthy. I'm starting there just praising you. But I'm bringing all of this before you. And I'm asking for your help. And I'm coming humbly saying, I need you. I need you to work in this area of my life. I need you to shape my heart. I need you to change my mind in regards to this or that. I don't want us to be a people that are known by prayerlessness. To be a people who are so dependent on the Lord and coming before Him regularly. So let's sing this song. And I just want you to sit. And I want you to use this song as a time for you just to go before the Lord. And in your life, just telling Him how much you need Him and bringing specific issues 